Pod is a ministry of Grace Church Greenwich. For more resources to help you get to know God better through his word, including bite-sized theology and answers to big questions, do check out www.greenwich.church. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, welcome to our final Grace Pod of Mark's Gospel, and we're in the end of chapter 15, the beginning of chapter 16, Jesus It's not actually about Jesus' resurrection only, it's about Jesus' burial and resurrection. And you might think, why have they broken it there? You know, surely you do the burial with his death. But um, I think Mark actually breaks it that way, because um, one of the signs that the resurrection really happened, um, one of the ways we can be so sure, is that the same witnesses see Jesus resurrected who watched him be buried. So mm-hmm. there were women looking on from a distance, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger Jesus and Salome. When they when he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. There were many women who came out with him. And then on Easter morning, um, the same people, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, Salome, bought spices. They might go and anoint him. I love the continuity of that. So they watched him buried. They know where the tomb is. They go to the same tomb and he's not there. I've often had to do um, Good Friday and Easter Sunday services and we do little um, skits where we do a dramatic reading. We read the Bible, but we get people acting on at the front at the same time wearing tea towels. And um, this is so heavy on um, the number of cameo parts. You, you always have to recruit more actors than you, you think. And and the reason is because Mark is just crazy about listing the number of witnesses so yeah mary mary salome um joseph centurion and um, pilot um he, he he's just piling on the it, it's it, it seems like apologetics and showing the the historicity and the fact that you can't doubt this is, is really strong and even today when one of the attempts to debunk the resurrection is to say oh maybe jesus didn't really die so he just fell unconscious and you know, it's actually inconceivable if you know anything about crucifixion and if you read about the um, i mean that yeah you, you read about the torture and the exhaustion and the it, it's pretty inconceivable that jesus would just sort of recover and then um, fight off the soldiers and walk free but mark sort of he seems to anticipate that and says no don't don't try that he's definitely definitely dead i mean not only do the women see but Joseph of arimathea um buys a linen shroud, takes Jesus' body, wraps him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb. So, you know, he handles Jesus' body, Jesus' corpse for some time, yeah. sort of lovingly wrapping it. So he, he would know if there was shallow breathing or... And then Pilate himself, oh, I'm surprised he's already died, and summons the centurion. Are you sure he was dead? And, you know, if you're a centurion reporting to the Roman governor about the most public and controversial execution of the year... You, yeah. you spent your life on getting it right. No, we definitely killed him, sir. Don't worry. I, I don't know what the um, what would be the punishment if he got this wrong. But you get the you know with the Philippian jailer in Act sixteen, if if he lets a, a prisoner go, he forfeits his life. I guess bungling a public execution, he was going to have something. So he wants to be totally sure that he got it right. Um, yeah, it, it, it all underlines that that Mark wants absolute certainty. This guy. There was this swoon theory, as it's called. It's always called the swoon theory, not the faint theory, which swooning is only what 19th century heroines do into <laughs> someone's arms. But anyway, the, the fainting theory. Yeah, uh, it's the nail in the coffin for the fainting theory, if you'll excuse the pun. 
Um, and then yeah, that locked and loaded is <laughs> you, you're just trying to push that in. You're trying, yeah, how can I get this? Yeah. You've got to set up my lines, um, and and then I'll just not I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah. And then I guess another one of the attempts to debunk the crucifixion is oh, it's just hallucination because they wanted so much to believe that Jesus was resurrected that they convinced themselves of it. And again, nothing could be further from the truth. And that no one is expecting a resurrection here. Um, they're, they're bringing burial spices to embalm him. Now, they ought to have been expecting a resurrection because Jesus told them three times, I'm going to um, die and on the th- and three days later rise again. So they, they even would look at the calendar going, oh, it should be the resurrection about now. But um, actually, they're not expecting it. And even though that means they weren't listening very much to Jesus, it's actually kind of to our advantage as from a sceptical point of view, because um, they're convinced in spite of their expectation that he's he's dead. Yeah. I mean, they get, what do you even, make in the tropical conversation? Um, I say even the tropical conversation on the way to the tomb shows that they, you know, who is going to roll away the stone? And they just haven't really thought it through because there's this huge stone and three women coming to um, uh, honour him. And it just shows that you know, they're not expecting the stone to be moved and they haven't even got a plan to how to move that. So I Yeah, no, I, I, there's sometimes an, an extra argument is put here for its veracity, which is that no one would ever make up that there were, that it was women who saw Jesus alive first because women's, apparently, women's testimony wasn't accepted in the court of law, etc. Well, I think, um, it, in, think in, Luke, in, Luke, in Luke's gospel, um, we're told that they, they it was dismissed as an idle tale, isn't it? As because it came, okay. so yeah. So, so that's another argument that it's not the sort of thing you'd make up, um, or if you were making it up, you, you wouldn't do it like this. Yeah. Um, and what what about the stone? Because there's a quite an emphasis on. I, I guess that is knocking out another of the arguments against Jesus being raised is um, the body just being snatched or. Jesus breaking through, or so do, do you think the stone is part of that apologetic as well? Yeah, I think so. Because Mark verse four, looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. So Mark yeah. is just in a, as a little aside saying, you know, they couldn't have done it; somebody else did it. And then you find out who probably did it because they suddenly meet a uh, somebody dressed suspiciously, like they might be from heaven, <laughs> a guy. Yeah. A guy wearing a white robe. Um, I love how um, it's a bit of trivia, but sometimes I ask people Bible trivia questions from Mark's Gospel. What three colours are mentioned in Mark's Gospel? And the answers are green, purple, and white. We had purple robes last week, so I know about them. Purple robes, green grass at the feeding of 5,000. And white is um, the colour of heaven. So at the Transfiguration... Jesus' robes are bleached whiter than anyone on earth could bleach them. And then here is a messenger, and appropriate enough, he's wearing the same outfit because he's come from the place of glory that Jesus has just gone to. So uh, an angel in a white robe. And like always when angels appear to you, they're very scared. I love that. Like if you're an angel, you you go to sort of angel school and they say, this is when you interact with human beings, you're going to need to know that instead of saying hello, you just need to say, don't be scared, because that will always need to be your opening line. And so they say, don't be scared. Um, you seek yeah. Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. And I also love that. It's the announcement first, he's risen, and then the evidence. 
he's risen. You won't find the body. Go and have a look if you want. So it, the the empty tomb is the, is backs up the announcement that Jesus is resurrected, and then the anticipation of meeting Jesus. And we don't we don't get a narrative of the encounter with the risen Jesus in Mark, but it it, it it's going to be the next thing that happens. Go and and you'll meet him in Galilee. You'll see him there, just like he told you. Yeah, and the just like he told you is is a a link to take us back. I think it's chapter fourteen, twenty seven to twenty eight. So why don't you like, read? Why don't you read that? Because that I think that is a really key cross reference, isn't it? Yeah. So this is before Peter's denial, and and Jesus says, "You will all fall away, for it is written, I'll strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered." And and already at this stage in the gospel, we know that is exactly what happened. Um, Peter lasted a bit longer than the others, but ultimately they none of them lasted the distance and then jesus goes on to say but after i have risen i'll go ahead of you into galilee and that's the echo of the angel's words where he says um he'll go before you to galilee like he said and and i think this is lovely because it's um uh, it, it's basically saying everything is on track do you remember this isn't something cra- crazy this is what i've been saying all along um Plan A is is on target, um, and, and, and one of the, um, I was going to say the, um, the the gospels tell the story slightly differently. Different gospels sometimes they backload the significance of of um, the resurrection in you know John or Luke. They tell you afterwards what what it means. I think Mark in some ways front loads it, so he's already told us, and and then this just as he told you says go back and look, and I've already told you what it means. So so now go back through. And it just means everything I said was on track. Um, and it's uh, the fact that he anticipates this just before they all abandon him. I think it underlines that Jesus' death and resurrection achieves reconciliation and and gathering. So at, mm. at the cross, they were scattered, but at the resurrection, they're, they're gathered. And particularly... Because the prediction, I'll see you in Galilee, came just before the prediction of Peter's denial. I love that little line in verse 7 here. Go tell the disciples that he's going before you to Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. But Mark, but Jesus actually says, go and tell the disciples and Peter. Which sounds odd because, of course, Peter is a disciple. If you say tell the disciples, that includes him. But he's singled out. You know the one who said he wouldn't deny me, and I told him he would before the cock crowed twice. He would deny me three times. Yeah, go and tell him that you know he 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 might remember that just before I predicted this, I I said I'll see you again though, Peter. And so it's this. I mean, as you say, it's different in different gospels, and in in John's gospel, we get a whole chapter of Peter's reinstatement in John chapter twenty-one. But here, just those two words: tell the disciples and Peter. And it's just, yeah. I suppose, one of the central achievements then of the resurrection. We we think, oh, the resurrection means the defeat of death, which, which it does. Um, or the d- resurrection means Jesus really Lord and King, which he is. And there's all sorts of facets to it in the New Testament. But I think here in Mark, the resurrection means Peter and Jesus can be friends again. And his bitter denial, the, the tears of having betrayed his, not, not betrayed, that's what Jesus does, but having denied having abandoned his close friend peter i want to gather you back to me and it's such a poignant moment but it it understands what human what our psyches are like so so 
we we do have this oh he'd want everyone else back but not me if he knew what i had done if that there's always this sort of i i know that god's good in in general but i don't think he'll be good to me and and to to go at the end of the gospel with no no you and he, he eyeballs the chief denier and says you can't be too far gone um i i, I come after this utter failures like you peter um i think that that kind of captures exactly where lots of us are very often that we, we need, we need that particularization, even, even a Peter, even someone like me, he'll, he'll welcome home. Yeah. And so then, that we, that we let's finish Grace Pub with the very, in a very odd way. Um, as in fact, Mark ends his gospel in a very odd way. So um, they went, fled from the tomb Trembling and astonishment has seized them. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Full stop. The end. I mean, it, it's so strange that some Christians thought they ought to change the ending. And so that there there are longer endings of Mark. But as our, my Bible tells me, then it's not in the earliest manuscripts. So I think it's pretty clear from a manuscript um, point of view that Mark ended at verse 8. And some later editors thought he shouldn't have done. But it is a very strange way to end. And you can see why people thought he couldn't have meant to end there. I I think it's a, a cliffhanger because, I mean, this obviously can't be the end of the story. They haven't met Jesus yet. They haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. They haven't told anyone yet. And it ends in a very dissatisfactory way. They were scared and they told nobody. And you're thinking, no, come on, guys, you've got to tell the world about this. And I wonder if Mark sort of tricks us that our frustration with them is actually the clue to the correct response. You know, um, if you're frustrated that the most amazing thing in the history of the world has just happened and they're going to keep it to themselves and you think you can't keep it to yourself, then Mark's nodding, thinking, yeah, that's right. So come on, read it. Um, you know what you should do. And it's a clever cliffhanger because the fact that you have Mark's gospel in your hands, you, know, you already know the first reader knows they did tell someone, otherwise I wouldn't have this book. But... So it's not a cliffhanger at a, oh, will the news come out? But it's a, you're right, it's a, it's, it works on you sort of cliffhanger of um, what if I, what if they had kept quiet? What if I keep quiet? That would be a tragedy. Yeah. Um, so don't keep quiet. Um, you can tell people about Grace Pod if you want to and share this. But even more importantly, tell people about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and the reconciliation that he offers through his death and rising again. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to Grace Pod. For more information about Grace Church Greenwich, visit www.greenwich.church.